LSU running back Trey Holly was arrested on Thursday, and one of his three charges was attempted second-degree murder. What does that mean for him, and what does that mean for LSU? You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome into Locked On LSU. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Plus, you can also check us out on YouTube. So just search Locked On LSU in the search bar, hit the subscribe button, and then you'll get notified whenever new episodes of Locked On LSU drop. My name is Caroline Fenton, and I am your host. And today's edition of Locked On LSU is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Well, it's opening day at the box and I was so excited to talk baseball today. We will do that, um, but we've got to start on what is not just an LSU story, but it has now become a national story. This is not something that I enjoy talking about. This is something that we have to talk about because life happens. And unfortunately, whenever we talk LSU, whenever we talk football, it's not always fun conversations to have. Uh, But this was broken by Pete Thamel by ESPN.com. Per Dusty Gates, the sheriff of the Union Parish Sheriff's Office in Farmerville, Louisiana, an LSU running back, Trey Hawley, has been taken into custody and arrested on Thursday on three felony charges. One, attempted second-degree murder. Two, aggravated criminal damage to property. And three, illegal use of a weapon. So Trey Hawley's bond is currently set at $512,000. He still has yet to go through his trial, throughout the, the full legal process. But per his attorney, Kelvin Rogers, he will plan, at least, to plead not guilty to all three charges. So this is going back to an incident that happened in Farmerville on February 9th. That is where Trey Hawley is from. But he and a group of people allegedly were were opening fire and two people were shot. Two people were sent to the hospital. And Pearl reports those people who were uh, victims of a shooting are planned to make a planning to make a, a full recovery. Overall, this is a, a really, it's a difficult situation. Um, you know, the, just a person in me, the human in me hates to talk about this, about a young person, hates to think what this could mean for a young person that has so much ahead of them. But hey, when you make bad decisions, these are the consequences. It, allegedly, okay, he has not been charged criminally in a court of law. He has been charged and has been arrested just based, uh, you know, he, he came in and uh, and turned himself in. But again, if he goes throughout the, the legal process and goes throughout a trial and the jury decides that he is not guilty, then you'll proceed from there. I want to talk about what this means for LSU, but first and foremost, what does this mean for Trey Hawley? What will the next couple of weeks and even months look like for Trey Hawley? Well, <laughs> Really, all that I can say with the limited information that we do have, and I do fully expect for more information to come out over the next few days and weeks and months, 
But if you and I know anything, we know that the legal process isn't necessarily the quickest one. It's not always expedited. And there is probably a lot of information that will not be public knowledge until he goes throughout the trial process. But where it stands right now, I mean, Trey Holly just has to let the legal process unfold. That's really all that we can observe. That's really all that we can wait for, for any more information, is this is now in the hands of Louisiana state law. That now you are going through the trial process. Now it's between you and your lawyer and the state. That that's 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 really all that that you can go. That's really all that that you can can do at this point. The investigation is still ongoing. The investigation is out of our hands. It's out of Brian Kelly's hands. It's out of LSU football's hands. It's out of LSU's hands. And really, largely for the most part, it's out of Trey Holly's hands. That he can present as much non-incriminating evidence as he can, that his lawyer can only do so much. But again, when you are in the, the court of law, you are up to the hands of the law. So an incredibly unfortunate uh, and disheartening story, and one that, again, not very fun to talk about. But that's what that means for Trey Holly. That's what that means, is now it's up to the law. Now it's up to you and your lawyers. Now what does your future look like? Frankly, I have no idea. And it is not up to me to make an opinion about that, to make a prediction about that, that these are serious, serious charges. Attempted murder. That's a serious charge. We hear a lot about players or just people in general where charges might come forth and you might think to yourself, ah, that, you know, that'll get that'll get squashed, that'll get kiboshed. That's not something that's really that big of a deal. So, uh, attempted murder, that's, <laughs> that's a big deal. That's prison time. Um, so what does this mean for LSU? What does this mean for LSU football? I understand that this situation that Trey Holly is facing is much larger than football. I understand that we're talking about somebody's life. I understand that we're talking about people who potentially could have died. I understand that we're talking about a group of young people that might spend the next few plus years of their life behind bars. I understand that all of those things are much, much larger than football. But we would be remiss to not acknowledge that this at least has football implications. As minuscule as it might seem and as it might feel in the context of a situation as serious as this one, let's talk about it. And we'll talk about it coming up next after just a few words from our sponsors. All right, I want to tell you about FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's right, $150 if your bet wins. And one of my favorite things about the FanDuel Sportsbook app is there are so many things to bet on. For example, you can bet on the quick bets. There's live same-game parlays. So if you're watching a game and there's a team that's down by double digits, but you believe that they're going to come back, well, hey, throw a bet on that while the game is going on. There's also exclusive prep prop bets on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Plus, there is so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. And new FanDuel customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. 
All right, rolling along here, Locked on LSU. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate you for making us your first listen every single day. And, of course, we're part of the the Locked on Network, your team, every day. And speaking of the Locked on Network, Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Find Locked On Sports Today now, available on for free on the Fire TV channels app. All right, rolling along here on Locked On LSU. Again, the news coming out on Thursday evening per Pete Thamel. Uh, according to the uh, the Union Parish Sheriff's Office in Farmerville, Louisiana, LSU running back Trey Holly has been arrested on charges of attempted second degree murder of uh, criminal property damage as well. So scary situation here for Trey Holly. And just just for reference, this isn't LSU news. Like this is national news. I had friends that are from the East Coast living in D.C. texting me about this. I saw an AP article on this come out earlier this morning. So it's this, this is big news. This is national news because it's a big deal and because this has massive implications. But it also has LSU football implications. And I understand and I acknowledge how silly that might sound just in the grand scheme of what Trey Holly is potentially facing. But ultimately, this is locked on LSU. And ultimately, you care about what this means for for LSU football. So let's get into that. The LSU football implications. So the statement that LSU put out said, look, we acknowledge that this is a situation that's going on with a student athlete. And Trey Holly has been suspended indefinitely from the LSU football program. That's the right move. Look, just, just stay away from the program. Okay? Once you go throughout the legal process, and if... If Trey Holly is proven innocent, well, then we'll talk about the next steps of bringing you back into the LSU football program. Now, I fully understand that in the United States, it is your God-given right that you are innocent until proven guilty. But this is far too much for LSU to just ignore and to not acknowledge until he is, in fact, proven guilty. Look, go through the legal process. Stay away from the university and from the football program. Take care of what you need to take care of. And if you are innocent, then we'll take those steps. If you are proven guilty, then you're going to serve time. So I think that's the right move. That's the right decision. Suspend it indefinitely. Figure all this stuff out. And then and then we'll move forward. There is a very high likelihood that Trey Holly might not ever wear an LSU uniform again. There's a very high likelihood that whether it's not never playing for LSU again, it's that he's going to be away from the program for a decent bit of time. Like I said, the legal process isn't always the quickest or most expedited one. So high likelihood that he'll be away for a while. There's also a high likelihood that he will never be back. But of course, we're going to let the legal process unfold before we evaluate that. But this is a hit indefinitely on on the running back room as a whole. This is a position group that we talked about, probably needs a little bit more depth to it, because you lost a lot this past season. You lost Logan Diggs to the transfer portal. He was your leading rusher this past year. Lost Logan Diggs to the transfer portal. He is headed to Ole Miss. Noah Kane, who didn't play a massive role in the running back room this past year. But look, 
when you had John Emery go down with an ACL injury, you needed that depth. That whenever there were injuries, whenever you did face yourself in a situation where, you know, one running back was gas, you had to put in another one. That was not something that I ever was concerned about because you had eight scholarship running backs in that room. That was a that was a, a position group that you could just kind of put on the shelf and say, look, we're good here. Don't need to worry about this one. Got plenty of depth. We have our go-to guy in Logan Diggs. Well, you don't have that anymore. So Noah Kane is headed to the NFL. He declared for the NFL draft. Trey Bradford entered the transfer portal. He's headed to UNT, the uh, the unlikely hero in the first quarter against Florida State. So he's headed to North Texas. Armani Goodwin is another one that entered the transfer portal. He is headed to UAB. And then, of course, John Emery tore his ACL last year and will not be back with the program this season. So what do you have? You have Josh Williams coming back for his sixth season. You have Caleb Jackson, who I'm incredibly excited about. A true freshman this past year that really showed a whole lot of potential. One that I am affectionately calling a baby Leonard Fournette. And then you have Caden Durham, who is a freshman coming into the 2024 season. So you've got Josh Williams as your vet. Caleb Jackson coming in in his second year that you expect to play a larger role. Caden Durham coming in as a true freshman. The expected Trey Hawley. Maybe be that one-two punch with Caleb Jackson. That showed flashes the SEC freshman of the week one week this past season. He showed flashes. He showed promise. He assured at least me and probably a lot of LSU fans out there and probably Brian Kelly as well. Look, we, we've got a really good thunder and lightning coming up over the next at least two seasons with Caleb Jackson and Trey Hawley. Now, you might have that still. I'm not counting out that, that Trey Hawley could go throughout this process, be proven innocent, and be back in an LSU uniform playing in Tiger Stadium in the fall. I'm not counting that out. But I'm not going to say that's a guarantee that that's going to happen. Because, again, this is a serious freaking situation. So that, of course, hurts the team. That hurts this running back room, which was a room that already lost a lot and now could potentially be losing even more. So, again... Again, I know this is bigger than football, but it does very much so have football implications. So that's a that's a hit to a running back room that you really could not afford to take any hits on. What does LSU do moving forward? Well, of course, there's a spring transfer portal window. You can hope that Caden Durham can potentially be maybe not even a day one starter, but be a contributor in year one. Uh, but going from eight scholarship running backs to now potentially just three, um, that's that is cause for concern. Not as big of a cause for concern as potentially somebody facing murder charges. I understand that. However, um, the running back room is is going to hurt from this if Trey Hawley cannot return to the team moving forward. Um, we will continue to keep you updated on the podcast here with any developments that we hear from Trey Hawley's case. Again, three chargers, one attempted second-degree murder, um, criminal damage to property in Farmerville, Louisiana, and um, also, of course, illegal use of a weapon as well. So, scary situation. Hate to see that for Trey Hawley. Hate to see that for anyone else that has been, you know, affected by this situation, whether it's criminally or whether it's by the actions of Trey Hawley and the people that he was with, allegedly. Uh, but we'll continue to keep everybody updated with any developments as far as this case is concerned. Um, all right, let's end this podcast on a good note because it's a Friday. I'm in a good mood. We're going into the weekend. And it is opening day at Alec Box Stadium. What we can expect, what I 
want to see from this round robin opening weekend of LSU baseball, your reigning national champions. And we'll get into that after just a few words from our sponsors. All right, I want to tell you about Game Time. So Game Time is the fastest and easiest way, in my opinion, to buy tickets for sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, plays, and musicals, anything that you might need tickets for near you. So right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. And the reason why I love Game Time so much is because they've got killer last-minute deals. So if you're looking for plans over the weekend and you might see an event coming up and you're like, hey, I want to buy tickets to this, but it's tonight. It's only coming up in, what, a few hours? Well, that's okay. Check out Game Time because they've got great deals for all of you procrastinators just like me. They've got all-in prices. So if you ever look at tickets on third-party ticket websites, you might see, okay, you know, it's just this is the cost of the ticket. And you go throughout the process of buying the ticket and you're like, wait a minute, why are all of these taxes and fees even more expensive than the ticket itself? It is incredibly disheartening and incredibly frustrating. But with game time, what you see is what you get. They've got all in prices from the jump. There's also views from your seat. The coolest, coolest aspect I think of the game time uh, app is the fact that whenever you click on a ticket that you might want or a seat that you might like, you get a 360 degree view. So you know exactly what you're going to be looking at, what your view of the court, the stage, the field, whatever it might be, whatever it's going to look like when you go to that event, you'll know exactly what you're signing up for. They've got the best price guarantee as well. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So terms apply. Right now, all game time users, uh, you can use code locked on for $20 off of your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Just download that game time app. Use code locked on L O C K E D O N for $20 off of your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, rolling along here, locked on LSU. Finally, we are back. Baseball season is back. LSU baseball kicks off the 2024-2025 season, uh, 2024 rather, 2024 season at Alec Box Stadium today against VMI. First pitch at 2 o'clock, early pitch in the first few weeks of the season just because 6 o'clock first pitch is a lot chillier than a 2 o'clock first pitch. I got no problem with that. I'm not somebody that uh wants to sit in the cold. Um, But what an exciting way to go into this season. And it is kind of bittersweet, right, that you win the College World Series last year, that you were the team that everybody, every team that you played, they gave you their best opportunity. They gave you their best shot. They gave you their best game. You're the number one team going into the season, that you were probably the most highly coveted uh, team last season, that all eyes were on you last season. All eyes were on Dylan Cruz. All eyes were on Tommy Tanks. All eyes were on Paul Skeens. You win the College World Series, despite lack of pitching depth. You have the number one overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft, the number one, two pick in the MLB draft, and Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz, respectively. That you're riding this high of last season, of all of the stars aligning, of all of the lofty expectations, as high as they were from the very jump, they were all met. It was fun. Last year was fun. But you lose Paul Skeens, 
and you lose Dylan Cruz and you lose a lot of those foundational pieces that have been at LSU for so long. I mean, Cade Beloso, what a great Cinderella story. The belly bomb to help you beat Florida in the College World Series finals. Jordan Thompson, who has been a solution at shortstop over the last couple of seasons. Trey Morgan, not just electric at the plate, but one of the best first basemen, in my opinion, in LSU history. Ty Floyd, who really, you know, helped propel you in the College World Series. You don't have those pieces anymore. A lot of those pieces who have been, you know, LSU staples and household names in Louisiana for years. You're losing that. You're losing that veteran presence. You're losing that talent that you had, most notably in Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens, but really with that group as a whole. You don't have that anymore. But what you do have is still a pretty damn talented team. What you do have is a team that absolutely can go back to back. It's not easy because you don't replace Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz overnight, nor do I think you replace them at all. <laughs> it's not going to be easy because you're playing in a conference that is hands down by far, no questions asked, not even going to debate it. The most dominant and competitive conference in all of college baseball. Now you've got three out of the top five teams in college baseball preseason SEC teams. And even the, te the teams that aren't ranked preseason, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, they're the kind of teams that can make a run, that can beat you on any given night. This is a freaking good conference. But you're a really freaking good team. Without Paul Skeens, without Dylan Cruz, of course that hurts. But you still are a team that's equipped to make a run in Omaha, to potentially go back-to-back. -back. You can do that. All of that is on the table, and all of that starts tonight. Thatcher Hurd will get the start tonight on the mound. He, for right now, is your Friday night starter. Luke Holman, the transfer from Alabama, he'll get the start on Saturday. I know there was a lot of debate and discussion about who will get the Friday night start. Could it be uh, Thatcher Hurd? former UCLA transfer that came into LSU last year. Could it be Luke Coleman, who is Alabama's ace this past year? Thatcher Hurd will get the nod. I don't think that that's a permanent decision throughout the rest of the season, that it's going to be Thatcher Hurd on Friday night no matter what. I think that's what he's earned for week one. And I think that Luke Coleman will absolutely give him a run for his money, and I think it's a good thing if he does. I don't think that Luke Coleman left his spot at Alabama as their ace just to sit on the bench and to pick his nose. And to, and to not at least be in consideration to be LSU's number one guy. But really, what it is, is show it to me. Prove it to me. Prove to me, Thatcher Heard, that you deserve to be the Friday night starter. Luke Coleman, prove to me that that's a position that you want. One thing that I'm really excited about this season is Jay Johnson's first year, last year even, even in a College World Series season, you lacked pitching depth. You lacked bullpen depth. At least for me, you probably felt this way too. My biggest anxiety in Omaha in the postseason as a whole was, man, if LSU doesn't win this game and they're going to have to burn another arm and they simply cannot afford to burn another arm. And even when they found themselves in situations where their series would go three games and they would have to burn an arm and you would have to just hope and pray that guys would step up as starters, they did. 
You got your best pitching in the postseason. You got your best pitching at the very right time. But it was still a cause for concern. So it caused an early exit in the postseason in 2022. At least on paper, from where it stands right now, from what we can see, you don't have those problems anymore. That you have so much more depth. And no, you don't have a Paul Skeens. And yes, it would be great to have a Paul Skeens. But what you do have this year that you didn't have last year is depth. And I think that the pitching is going to iron itself out here over the next few weeks. And probably going into SEC play as well. That's the the great thing about these first few weeks. Is that you're playing teams that you should beat. And teams that you should beat handedly. You got VMI today. You got Central Arkansas on Saturday. You got Northern Illinois next week. Stony Brook. Like These are teams that you should be able to beat even when you're still figuring things out. Even when you're still ironing things out. You've got a great test early against Texas on March 1st in the, the Astros Foundation Classic. So you can pick up wins while st- still learning a lot about your team because this is a younger team. You lost experience. You lost veterans. That your young players and your new shaken up roster can afford to make some mistakes, can afford to figure itself out here in the first few weeks. But even though it's a younger team, and even though you've got positions that might not be set in stone, like Tommy Tang's at third base, like that's set in stone. Like Tommy White's your third baseman. I'm not worried about that. But Jared Jones at first base, whether it's, you know, any other area, pitching most notably, the batting lineup that's always going to be, you know, in flux there. You have Josh Pearson moving from left field to second base. You don't think there's going to be a little bit of learning curve there? But you can afford to maybe make a few mistakes here and there and still win these games. But you can't afford to make those kind of mistakes once you get into SEC play. Those things need to be ironed out. Those things need to be solidified once you get into mid to late March. But what I want to see overall, I'm excited to see Thatcher Hurd, how he takes on this, this Friday night position. Excited to see Luke Coleman. Because he was really impressive at Alabama last year. What does he look like after an offseason? with this pitching staff, but really overall, I'm excited to see them assert their dominance, really, because that's what you should do, because you're a team that absolutely has Omaha hopes. You're a team that absolutely everyone else in the country is looking at, like, that's a damn good team. So you should beat teams like Stony Brook and VMI and Central Arkansas, and you should do it handedly. I want to see a lot of different arms as well. Because, of course, you want to see Thatcher Hurd be able to go four, five, six-plus innings because you're going to need that from your starters once you get into the nitty-gritty of the season when the injury bug starts to bite, whenever you're just absolutely gassed, whenever you're playing really good teams week in and week out. You're going to need that from your starters. But for right now, I want to see as many arms as I can see. I want to see what you got. I'm excited to see it, and I'm pumped that college baseball is finally back. Do you know how refreshing it is to finally be able to talk baseball? I'm pumped for it. If you're going to the game today, have a blast. Enjoy it. Please cheer extra loud for me, but that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listed every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. On Monday, we'll have a full breakdown from what we saw from LSU baseball in week one, and that is coming up on Monday's edition of Locked on LSU.